while it's at it, but uh, that's also a good thing. Uh, we want to start tonight by going to the Lord in prayer. Would you bow with us? We'll open our hearts tonight, and as you give the disciples understanding, give it to us as well. Show us these truths. Lord, more than that, may they be planted in our heart. As has already been said, may it be a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. And may these words we hide in our heart that we might not sin against you. Teach us what we need to know. And we struggle, God, in so many things. We pray for it all. Forgive us as we've failed. We know and help us as we've committed ourselves to learn this week and to be exposed to your word and your truth. We ask for your help for we're of little strength. We trust you in this function that we pray for. Guide us now and speak as only you can speak. But we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter number 10. Uh, does anybody remember what verse will be our text this week? John 10, 10. Does anybody want to quote it? See everybody looking it up. Peter comes not to still kill and destroy. That's right. Um, we want to continue to repeat that. Um, you know, a lot of people think that they can't memorize verses. That's not true. Memorization is just something that you do, you discipline yourself to do. It's repetition. It's all that it is. And I've caught that a lot of people already have memorized the Pledge of Allegiance. Right? It's pretty long. But you got that down pat. I'm pretty sure that you can handle John 10, 10. And I'm quite certain as well that we need John 10, 10. We need to be reminded, if, if, if not often every day, we need to be reminded that the thief cometh for to steal, to kill, and destroy. The enemy has no good intentions for you. There's no plan that he has that involves your growth, your good, your betterment, your, uh, your strength. None of that comes from our enemy. Uh, Jesus is pretty clear on what his intent is for us. The thief cometh but for to kill, steal, or steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I am coming that you might have life. Amen. That you might have it more abundantly. The, the difference between the two is the difference between good and evil. It's the difference between God and a created being that has fallen in nature and lives as the antithesis to God. It is completely the polar opposite of all that God is. Uh, the enemy has made himself the opposite of him. Uh, we learned last night a few things about the enemy. Um, I shared this last night. Our goal this week is to expose ourselves of, of all that we can find in Scripture about Satan, uh, the deceiver, the wicked one, the red dragon, the this, uh, the accuser, all of those things that he is and and is to us as well. Uh, we want to remind ourselves of you know who he is, what was his origin, um, what are his characteristics. Um, really understanding who that our enemy really is. What has he done? What's he doing now? How can we fight him? And then ultimately, what happens to him in the end? And uh, the Bible is the only reference book that gives us that. Uh, there is no other text, there's no other manual, there's no other uh, workbook that you can find that will give you the uh, distinct information 
about who our enemy is. I was telling the brother while we were eating earlier, um, all of the, the religious, um, not religious, the uh, military leaders of the world, that, at least the ones that were successful, uh, had, a, had a unique, um, at least a, a unique MO. What they, what they really wanted to understand was their enemy. Uh, they wanted to understand their strengths and their weaknesses. Maybe. And knowing both of those, they would figure out how to exploit them and win the victory. It's, uh, it's too bad that we live in uh, I'm, I'm gonna, a church world today. Uh, let me just say it differently. A religious culture today where uh, God seemingly is worshipped without spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, where there is regeneration without forgiveness. Uh, these are false conversions, and a lot of unregenerate believers or unconverted believers, people that are simply deceived in thinking that knowing Christ is about knowing about Christianity, joining a church, uh, being baptized or not, depending on the denomination, uh, and, and then just somehow or another giving to the work of God, and then that uh, obviously in their minds offsets the bad that they do and then somehow they figure out how to get into heaven because ultimately they're just good at heart. Uh, now all of that is the enemy's lies and it's certainly what he has used very well in the last half century as we have seen the apostasy of the church uh, and I say the term loosely when I use that church as a term uh, the church, the church of Jesus Christ, is not apostate. Um, we are the believers, and we are not, we do, we're not of them that draw back unto perdition, but them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Right? Amen. So we, we are saved by grace and not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're not getting there by works. We're trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, and that alone is how we get there. That church, the church of Jesus Christ, is not apostate. It never will be. But there is a religious culture. There's an environment of religiosity among us in this world today, not just in the United States, but all over, to where men and women are simply using religion as a springboard for their social gatherings or a means of, of calming their own guilts and fears uh, and only to find that they have more and more every year. Understanding who the enemy is is, is necessary. Amen. Uh, what's troublesome to me or what's problematic, at least in my mind, is you know you, you can do the same things and you get the same results, right? The definition of insanity, right, is expecting something different when you don't change. And yet what we have is a, is a church world, and I'm even talking about probably several in the room tonight, a, a lot of people that, that, that love God and they love Christ and they're committed to Christ, but they never even. They never study the Word of God. They never, they never intently or on purpose open up their hearts to the depths and the riches of what the Apostle said was his word. Uh, we have, and as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the most important thing on this planet is this book. Um, this is Christ in the volume of a book. He said, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me. Uh, this is the Word of God, and it is truth. And every man is a liar. And this is what will save us. And this is what will keep us. And this is what sets our course. 
and, and, and guides us as we go to that place that he has promised us. Um, we need as a church to be alert and awake and aware that we have an enemy today. And uh, that enemy despises the church and in every way wants to destroy it. Uh, he certainly has a lot at his disposal and he is working overtime, if that can be said. He is at work in every spiritual high place in this world and likely controls them to the point that I'm talking about possession. And so we live in a world that is dominated by the, de the demonic. And yet, we have hope. Yeah. Uh, in a world where you, where you see so much wickedness, right? By, by the way, I, I don't know of a news channel that tells good news. It, it's all bad news, uh, best I can tell, but I have some good news. Uh, I think I'll just keep reading this book. It's full of good news. And uh, it may be paradoxical today to, to come into a place and find happy people. But uh, if you come back here most of the time on a worship day, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, any one of those, you'll probably find a bunch of happy people. Yeah. Right? You have people praising God and worshiping God and happy to be alive. And you, How in the world can you be like that when the world is, is going to hell all around us? Well... I've only one one word for you today. I have come to give them life. Amen. Amen. And more abundantly. The abundant life is not defeated, it's victorious. The abundant life is one that lives not in the doldrums of the demonic, but the abundant life is one that lives in the reward of a promise that is something that is better yet to come. Uh, we're glorious victors today. Right? Uh, you say, you speak as if the battle's over. Well, I read the end of the book, right? It gives me a viewpoint that no other has. I've, I've seen how it ends. And uh, I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I know that I'm on his side. Now, what we don't know is when the battle will be over. And we have work to do while we're here. Um, I'm going to start tonight just by giving an opportunity did anybody learn something last night? And if you did, we can't let this go on forever. But if you learned anything, uh, anybody want to mention what stuck out to you? Is there anything that stuck out last night that's important? Say just the fact that Satan, uh, we oftentimes try to paint him. said last night, somebody that's very evil, very easy to pick out. Like the scripture says, if it's possible, he'll deceive the very elect. And so he's, he's very good at being a tricker. He's very good at being a confuser. If we read the scripture, he's often confusing. And uh, I can't say that there's just something I didn't learn, but the scripture speaks for itself. I think everything that we covered last night, it really helped, helped me grow spiritually, just pointing him out of who he is. That's the lie. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, if he could get anywhere to to steal the raw uh, or to tempt the flesh, I thank God today what God gives me, he can't take away. Amen to that. It wasn't, it wasn't his to give me, it was God's to give me. Amen. And what a gift that is. I thank God. Amen. That's not what I used to be. Praise him. Yep. We started last night in, in discussing the origin of Satan. And uh, what we learned was that he is a created being. 
very important distinction there is that he is a created being, meaning that he is a finite being, right? He is limited in his power, his scope, his ability. The devil does not have ultimate control or power. He reports to God. Right? And we had the wonderful question that this sister asked like that uh, last night. It's like, well, you know, if the devil's so bad, why did God create him? And so that was a good discussion too. And so those are important concepts. Those are biblical truths that you need to understand, right? We need to grasp those truths and understand that the nature of our God is unchanging. He's eternally good and right and perfect and holy and just and patient and long-suffering. All of these things God is and always will be. He is never not those things, regardless of circumstances in our life that ebb and flow. God is ultimately and always the same. He is a created being. He was cast out of heaven. We found out why he was cast out of heaven, the pride of his own heart. He exalted himself above God and ultimately wanted to be as God or, as the scripture said, above God. Yeah. All right? Now, and we think of what an awful sin that is, but we also, uh, I hope, try to make sure that each one of us face the reality that we do the same thing. Okay? The pride of our own life is what causes us to look in the mirror and say, I'm going to do what I want to do today. That's right. Amen. Right? That is the same thing the enemy did when he raised himself up above God or decided he wanted to be. He said, I will. And every time that we say, I will, we do the same thing. Now, I didn't need the devil's help to do that. I am absolutely capable of doing evil all by myself. We were created as well with the propensity to do evil. We were made with the ability to go either way. And God had to make us that way in order to have someone that loved him because they wanted to and desired to and are simply not forced to. Right? Would it really be love if we were forced to love? No, it would be duty. Amen. We don't love God out of duty. We love him because he's worthy of that. We choose to. All right, so he was cast out of heaven. He was cast to the earth. He was cast to the earth. So his domain is here. The Bible calls him the prince and power of the air. Right? His domain is here. And ultimately, uh, I finished last night with just a teaser. Ultimately, he is cast into hell. All right. That that brings us to the subject matter tonight. We want to dive into the characteristics of our enemy, characteristics of the devil. Number one, John chapter number eight, verse number 44. If you're taking notes, you're trying to follow along, I'll give you the scripture. I'm going to read it. Jesus said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Mm -hmm. Number one tonight, our enemy is a murderer and a liar. I thought about this as the introduction uh, pretty much most of the day, because I kept thinking to myself, do I know any serial killers? And I couldn't think of one. Do you? No. 
Rodney, you run out. You run around with any serial killers? <laughs> I take that as a no. Anybody? Anybody? Just your best bestie is a is a sadistic killer. My wife kills me daily. Careful. <laughs> I don't want to see a murder. I'm trying to find that. <laughs> Okay, now we got it brewing. <laughs> um, so the, 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 ultimately the point you said, well, that's a ridiculous question. I mean, who in their right mind? You're talking about good Christian people, a bunch of Baptist, King James Version people. Do you think they're going to run around with killers, murderers? We seem to mess around with him more than we ought to. Okay, your 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 flesh and blood besties, and you know they they may not be killers, but you you hobnobbing with the one who is a killer. Amen. As if you're blind. Right. And that's what strikes me is that we we mess around with stuff that is absolutely dangerous. As if we control the situation. Again, apart from Christ, you have no power against the enemy. Right? If it was not for Christ, if it was not for the protection of the Holy Spirit and the hedge that is about us, the enemy could have his way with you and in seconds you're gone. We have the ability to win that warfare on our own. And yet we snooze with the enemy sometimes. We mess around in his domain. We go to dark places where we shouldn't be. We look at that we shouldn't look at. We listen to things that we shouldn't listen to. That don't really make sense, does it? No. I mean, how many of us would look in our mirror and say, that was smart. I was really thinking well when I went that way. Because here's what I know about the devil. He's a murderer. Mm-hmm. Now, we could look throughout the... Uh, just the annals of time and see that he is a murderer. I'm talking talking about genocide, homicide, every kind of side you can think of, he is a murderer. Anybody under illusion, the devil wasn't behind the Holocaust. Anybody think that that wasn't of the devil? Six million Jews murdered who did that? Yeah. That's the devil. Yes. That's who he is. And, and you're locking arms with him. You playing in his ground. Huh? You going to his house. You hunting his people to run with. You see what I'm saying? Oh, how stupid we are. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just trying to wake you up. If you believe this stuff, people, you'd live different. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't mess around with the demonic and the ungodly and the wicked and the dark things of this world. And don't tell me you don't know. They're not. You do know. You've been saved any amount of time. You do know. You're not ignorant to the devices of Satan. You know what he's up He is a murderer. Okay? I'm not going to have you repeat it like they'll do the little children downstairs, but if you were the little children downstairs, I'd say repeat after me. He is a murderer. Now, if you 
you ain't hanging around with serial killers now. I'm just wondering what he, what you up to when you're messing around with him in other places. Not only is a murderer, but he is a liar. Anybody love your lying friends? Right? Those people that you know. Those people that rather tell a lie than they would the truth. I mean, you can just look at them and say, I know you're not telling me the truth. Oh, yeah. And you know they're lying. And yet you believe the devil. Yeah, he slips up beside you and he tells you, oh, that won't hurt you. Yep. Amen. Amen. Oh, you can just miss them. Don't matter. You don't need to read your Bible. Amen. Amen. You know what we do? Yeah. 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 We smart critters, ain't we? We just we just we just roll them with wisdom. He is a murderer and a liar. And I'm telling you right now, you should have absolutely nothing to do with him. He will always be a murderer and a liar. According to Jesus Christ, and I believe him, he cannot tell the truth. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, John 8, 44. That's right. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own self. For he is a liar and the father of it. All right, enough on that because we've got to get to all the other horrible things he is. But I'm trying to make a point. Right? Because I could just go through this list and you're back there saying, mm, tell it, preacher. You got it. That's him. I hate that. Rep. But you messing around with him every day. Amen. Amen. Right? There's things that should not be in your life. Now, put the shoe on if it fits, Cinderella. Right? If it don't fit, right? You, I'm not talking to you. But if you... But if you know what I'm talking about, you you also know that it's you. That's right. Amen. Okay? This is not your friend. He will bury you if he has any opportunity. And he will absolutely steal everything from your life he can, including joy, peace, and happiness. And if he can, he will destroy your family. He will destroy everything valuable to you, and he will smile as he walks away. Amen. At your ignorance. Because you let him in the house. Amen. Amen. You opened up the door and said, Yeah, I'd like to play a while. Yeah, I'm trying. Amen. Oh, it won't hurt me? Yeah, I believe you. It won't cost me nothing? I believe you. And yet we know the truth, don't we? We know the truth. He, I ain't never messed around with the devil with didn't cost you. I tried. So did. Amen. 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 Come on. You reasonable people. We're talking just reasonable stuff here. If you know your next door neighbor was a mass murderer and a liar and couldn't tell the truth, you'd probably go live somewhere else. Amen. Yep. Yeah. 
him into your house. Through all of the means of temptation that he has out there at his disposal, you let him in. All right, number one, he's a murderer, but he is a liar. Number two, he is a determined enemy. First Peter chapter number five. First Peter chapter number five, verse number eight and nine. He is a determined enemy. Apostle Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Because, all right, here's what we learn from this. Peter says, because, I'm telling you, you better keep your eyes open and your guard up and watching. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, there's a few things in that I like. Number one, he can't devour anybody he wants. Amen and hallelujah. Right? Anybody with me? Thank God. He can't just walk around gobbling up who he wants to, or we'd all be dead. Amen. Now, there ain't no doubt he's probably he's probably sent one of his own, or he's walked up to your house looking around saying, I wonder if I could gobble them up today. And then he sees the blood on the door and says, I'm going on to the next house. But he is walking about, which means to me he is not idle, by the way, which are some of us. That's right. He's not. He don't take time off. He's not on vacation. He's not part-time Christianing. He's not believing it some days and others letting it slide. No, he is full time, one hundred percent set on taking you down mm-hmm. yes. and anybody around you, if he can. Yes. He is seeking whom he might devour, may devour. As a roaring lion, he is seeking whom he may devour. But here's what Peter said. He said, "Whom?" Speaking of the devil, he said, "Whom?" You need to resist steadfastly. Meaning that we have a responsibility as pertains to this enemy. Now, ultimately we know we can't keep ourselves from him if we don't have the grace and protection of God with us. Amen. But there is a responsibility because God created you with the propensity to do evil, that means you can open the door. Come on. You can let him in. I have a hard time believing that anybody's going to get a visit on the inside from this enemy who is walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. That's right. It ain't going to happen. Being vigilant and sober in part, resisting steadfast in the faith are those people who believe what the Word of God says about our enemy and about the one who protects us from him. The importance of staying inside the fold cannot be overstated. If you want to jump the fence and you want to run with the enemy, all bets are off. Now, I'm not changing my position on eternal salvation, but if you want heartache, you can have much of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. You can get your belly full. Amen. 
Just like that. Yes, sir. Because he's waiting. He's just watching and waiting, looking, always determined that if there is an opening in Jeff's life, he's going to go in. Yep. Amen. Just, just one day when you just say, I'm tired of this. He's coming in. He is seeking always who he made to bow. Two, you need to resist steadfastly in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, he's not passively waiting for us to stumble into his lair. No. Amen. No, he's trying to get in our house. That's right. Amen. Now, Jesus told the story. He said, if, if if a man knew that a thief was coming, He would prepare. Now Jesus told that, right? And they were listening to that that parable, and they said, "Oh yeah, of course, yeah, anybody." But if you knew where the thief was coming, well, you'd be ready. You'd watch. You'd have everybody on guard. You would you would have everything fortified. And Jesus said, "Yep, right. You you believe the concept, but you don't live it." Yep. Amen. You walk around with an open door in the darkness of this world and, you, and, when it, and when it turns your life upside down, you're saying, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> You've seen, I've seen, I've seen it a lot. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But most of us have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, one, just one day, just one drink, there you go. Amen. Amen. Just one look. Yep. And your life is destroyed. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Brother. Your testimony yes, sir. gone. Yes, sir. Your husband gone. Your wife gone. Your children gone. Your house gone. Your job gone. And you really want to mess with him? You really want to walk around and, and compromisingly involve yourself with the things that are his? That dope is his. That alcohol is his. That pornography is his. Amen. Yeah. When you say, I want me some of that, you're opening up your door. Let us remind ourselves, John 10 and 10, that the thief has come but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And mark my words, he will do every single one of them to you. All he needs is an entrance. Number three. Luke chapter number 22, we find that he is also a destroyer. Now, John 10.10, we learned that he has come to destroy blasphemy. But look at what Jesus said in Luke 22, verse 31 and verse 32. And the Lord said, and he's talking to Peter the apostle, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. Now, again... 
right? It, it's going to become more redundant as I go along because this man, this cat, don't get better, right? He just he's working. He wants to sift you as wheat. Ultimately, he wants. To, you know what you do when you when you get wheat, right? You, it's got to be crushed, mm-hmm. right? You got to get the chaff off of that that inner part, which is the goody. And, and and you gotta you gotta get you gotta crush it right you gotta you gotta I mean mash it flat and and then they would they would wave these great big old fans and, and all that chaff would blow away and what you'd have left is usable wheat that could then be put maybe into flour and things things like that looks good and and Jesus turns around to Peter and he looks at him and he said he said Simon Simon when he says it twice right I I, I kind of get the look. Mm-hmm. Simon, Simon. Now he said, "Hear me now. The devil wants to destroy you." That's right. Now Jesus knew these things. He he always knows these things, didn't he? Yes. Jesus knew every circumstance that he was ever faced with. He knew the beginning, the end, the outcome. Jesus is all knowing. And he looked at Simon and he said, "Let me tell you something you don't know, pal. Yep. This fellow you messing around with." This fellow that, that is invading your thoughts. This fellow that causes your mouth to open and your tongue to waggle when there ain't no brain behind it. He said he wants to destroy you. He wants to absolutely grind you into powder. Jesus knew that. He knew that. Amen. The enemy is a destroyer. I don't know what Jesus said to Peter, though. He said, but I'll pray for you. That's right. Amen. Did you know he's still praying for me? Amen. According to the Word of God, the Bible said, I have two mediating under God in my behalf. I have two parts of the Godhead reporting to God Himself, and both of them, the Bible says, are intercessors for me. Yes, amen. Say, preacher, you must be a sorry individual. It takes both the Holy Spirit and Jesus to pray you out. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I'll right. take yeah. it every day. Amen. I'll take Amen. it. The Holy Ghost and Christ my Lord make intercession mm-hmm. for me ever before the Father. Don't think for a minute that Peter was the lone uh, ranger here. You just like him. I'm just like him. There are times when we open our mouth and we say things that have no no faith, no no love, no peace, no joy, no fruits of the Spirit behind it. And we, we end up in trouble over it, and all the while we have somebody praying for us just so that the, the devil doesn't grind us into yeah. hell. Yeah. He is a destroyer. Number, number next, four. He deceives through disguise. Second Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 14 and 15. He de- deceives through disguise. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Verse number 14. Apostle Paul said, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Amen. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Well, what's he saying there? 
We done told you that Satan was cast out, right? We, we get a clearer picture in Revelations of what God, what the Holy Spirit showed to the Revelator. He's showing that the third part of the, of the angels were cast out with, with, the, with Satan himself. And those are his ministers. And he said, you know good and well that, that Satan can transform himself into an angel of life. We've already read in the Old Testament passages of how beautiful he was. He was the, the, the cherub that covered. And he was all of these precious stones and gems. And, and his beauty was, was exquisite and it still is. Right? Whoever came up with the picture of a red man with horns and a long pointy tail and a pitchfork is a liar. Amen. Amen. That image is not here. Now you can read about a dragon, but you ain't going to find a little man with horns and a pitchfork. He is an angel of light. He's the most beautiful thing you've ever laid your eyes on. He is the thing that you'll want more than anything else on earth if you get him too long. He is beautiful in every way. Every thought and every imagination of man can get fixed on him and stuck. The Bible said that there were, there were times in the history of man that, that the imaginations of man were continually evil. Amen. Amen. You know what they were hooked on? The beauty of sin. Mm-hmm. Eve said, sure looks good. Mm-hmm. Oh, say it tastes good too. And it makes one wise. Mm. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I believe I'll take that. I believe I'd like to bite that. I'd like to eat that. And the two smartest people probably that ever lived. You say, how could you say that? Because they were perfect when they were created. It got worse after them. When sin showed up, that's when the deformity of man began. So best I can figure, they're the two smartest humans ever to live. Why, Adam, he named everything alive. Didn't break sweat. And yet they had the propensity to do something so ridiculous as believe the devil. How come they believed him? They were beguiled. He's a deceiver, you see. And often what deceives you is not the sin. You know it's wrong. That's right. Amen. It's the beauty of it. That old country music song is How Can Something So Bad Feel So Good? I'm downright tempted to say, Amen. You see what I'm saying? The problem is not, we don't know. They did know. Don't tell me they didn't know. They knew. And you know. You know it's sin. You got something living inside you that absolutely has a flip when you approach it. Amen. He says, no, you know it's sin. But oh, it's so beautiful. It's so cold. It makes me feel so. 
can't be wrong if we love one another. Come on, come on, we stupid, ain't we? Yeah, we we get sucked. All you got to do is have something that glitters. Amen. Yeah. Yep. I think it was the Gatlin Brothers wrote a song that said, everything that glitters ain't gold. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I say amen to that one. <laughs> he deceives through his disguise. You see, if he jumped up on your porch and he was a man with horns and a pointy tail and a pitchfork, you'd slam the door. That's right. You coming in here. Somehow he gets in anyway, don't Because he's beautiful. And I'm telling you right now, if you think you can resist him, you're a foolish person. The only thing that has ever been able to successfully resist the devil is one filled with the Holy Ghost Amen. and minded. Amen. You get in the picture? He deceives through disguise. Next. He's a blinder. He blinds the lost. Oh, he loves doing this. Mm -hmm. See, he got them. He can do whatever he wants to with them. Did you know that Jesus has to cut through all that junk to get to them? Mm -hmm. Because he's blinded. And he loves to blind people. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse numbers 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, who is that? In whom the God of this world hath blinded the mind, of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. Do you know that the reason people can't get saved, in part, is because they are so blinded Amen. by the devil? That's what Paul said. Yeah. I believe him. Yeah. He said, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that are lost so that they cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. That's why lost people can't see what we see. You get all tore up. Oh, if they can just see what we see. They ain't seeing it. They ain't going to see it. How come? Because your adversary, by the way, who goeth about as a roaring lion, Seeking whom he may devour. He's already been to their house. Mm-hmm. And he has blinded them. You say, I just don't think that you can actually blind rational thinking people. They start in kindergarten. And then the first grade. And then the second grade. And then by the time they get them out of high school or heaven forbid you go to college and you get out of college, they'll have use of godless Yep. And blind. 
because every agenda in that curriculum is godless. Yep. You see, that was all Satan's plan from the beginning. A mm-hmm. hundred years ago, the United States of America decided we better take God out of school. Yep. Yep. Rationalizing that we cannot promote God as a single religion while we have a free country to worship however you want. We better take God out of school. Well, when you take God out of everything, it becomes godless. Perfect plan. And so for the last hundred years, we've been training them since five years old. Right? Yeah. Amen. Not Jesus. You American people. That's the truth. Right? Amen. We teach them evolution. Amen. That's what we teach them. Do we teach them creation? No. Mm-hmm. We teach them a lie. We send our kids to this. Yep. Amen. Now, that's been going on for a century. A hundred years. I listened to the report last week. A hundred years. And it worked. Compare America then to America now. That's right. Amen. America then believed God. Today they are apostate. Yep. You're right. He's smart, ain't he? Who ain't smart? Me. I guess it'd be us, right? <coughs> Let me go back to the other one. You better be sober. You better be vigilant about this business. That's right. Amen. Because he's got his eyes on your children. <coughs> and he'll do everything he can. Amen. Amen. Steal, kill, and destroy them. You can take that to the bank. You can count on that. You can stand on that. I will guarantee it. He will do everything he can to have them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's in his favor. Yeah. We we in a godless America now. It's in his favor. He's got all the drugs. He's got all the money. He's got all the influence. He's got all the political positions. He's got all the media. He's got all the power. It's all him. And your babies are growing right up in the middle of it. Yep. Amen. And some of you don't even take them. That's right. Some study. Huh? The one time somebody's going to get serious about studying something other than the godless curriculum of this world, and you don't think that's worth your time? Yes. Come on. Yep. Tell the truth. Amen. I'm sorry. Some of this needs to be in our face. Yes, yes it does. Amen. Amen. We have got to wake up. 
If you want your children to be anything but godless, you better teach them about God. That's about as rational thinking as I can give you right there. If you don't teach them about God, they won't know. Amen. They will not know. He blinds the lost, but he's also a wicked thief. Matthew 13, verse number 19. Again, this one goes along with John 10, 10. Matthew 13, verse number 19. I read this in part last night. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. Now, let me stop right there. Why would a person not understand the word of God? It's a simple answer, not a trick question. So go ahead, you're thinking. Somebody say, why would somebody not understand the Word of God? Well, no, simpler than that. I mean, lost people, we know, they, 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 they've never heard of the gospel. So let me, let me paint a picture then. All right, let me just make it simple. Give me... Fifteen children that have been raised up in the church and taught of God and taught of, of, of Jesus Christ. And then give me fifteen that have never been to church. Now let me ask you the question. Which of them would not understand the gospel? I asked if that ain't the simplest stuff I ever thought of right there. Every child that is reared in the fear and the admonition of the Lord have an advantage. Amen. All the others. Because when they hear the gospel, they understand. How come, Rodney? Because somebody taught them. You taught them at home. A Sunday school teacher taught them. A preacher taught them. The the hymns that were sung taught them. If we ain't teaching them, I can assure you the thief will do this right here. Let me finish the verse. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. I tell you right now, the most wicked thing that you could ever do to a child is steal the word of God from their heart. Amen. Think about that. That's what, that's what the devil delights in doing. Stealing the word of God from a, a babe that who otherwise would believe. Now, now he, wants, he wants them to go to hell. I'm trying to paint you a picture. This fellow you've been hanging around with, 
He's not good for you. Yeah. Amen. 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 He wants your children to go to hell. And he will steal the very gold of God. The very instant it comes to their heart. If they don't understand the truth. Number next. He is a schemer. Billy mentioned that earlier. He he's a schemer. He's a he's a wily thing. Second Corinthians chapter number two. Second Corinthians chapter number two. Verse number eleven. Paul said, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. A device is something that is created to accomplish a task. And we're not ignorant, according to Paul, we're not ignorant, of the schemes the devices, the plans, the lives of the devil. We're not ignorant to this. He said if we were ignorant to this, he would get an advantage of us. Paul was saying the reverse of that. He is saying he cannot get an advantage over us because we know what he's up to. Amen. So maybe saying that's right. I'll trust him. That's right. Amen. He will not get an advantage over you as long as you remain aware of his plans. Now, what is our theme? John ten verse ten. The thief cometh but for to steal kill and destroy. You know what he's up to and you know how he's going to get to you. Enough said. Next. He is also, not only is he a schemer and are his devices evil and demonic towards you, but he is subtle. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is the one I despise the most. Yes. He is such a trickster. Yes. He is so subtle. And because of his beauty and the enticing power and allure to my flesh, it makes the subtlety of the enemy invisible to me. Every snare that we have ever fallen to as a child of God, we did so because of the subtlety of the enemy's presentation. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have a floozy swing the doors open and come running at you, tearing their clothes off right. You're going to do what Joseph did. You're going to run. 
said, Lord God, help me get out of here. Right? <laughs> but when it's your co-worker that bats an eye at you every now and then slides a hand over and says, I think a lot of you. I really respect you. You hear me? That first one was a nutcase. That second one was a devil. You best wake up. Because when he's coming, you probably won't know it's him. You're going to have to be very discerning and in this right here to know who's knocking. Amen. Amen. Now, when he came to Eve, he was a servant. That'd been enough for me, right? <laughs> but now you got to got to remember Adam and Eve saw all this stuff created. They didn't mind an, an, an alligator, a dragon, and a, and that bothered any of them. They had every one of them was subject to both of them. They never thought nothing of a serpent. Harmless critters. Now, we, we think of the serpent different because of that. We think of the serpent in a different in a different light. But now they didn't think nothing about the serpent, right? That. But Second Corinthians chapter number eleven again. Second Corinthians chapter number eleven, verse number three. Paul said, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. That's right. Amen. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That sounds like you know it, brother. He said the same way he got hurt. He gonna get you. That's what Paul was afraid of. That's why he was writing to them. That's why he said, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He said, I'm afraid he's going he's to slip into you too. He's going to come to your house. You're messing with things that, that need to be cleaned up and done away with. You need to get your life back under the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. Line up with God. Shut the door. Or he said, I fear that you also, just like Eve, of the subtlety of the serpent will be begotten. Your mind will be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Yeah. Last one. And this is probably not the last one, it's just the last one I've got. He is the prince of the power of the air. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Ephesians 2, 2. Wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This ain't a lightweight we're dealing with. I, he is the prince of the power 
bed. Okay? Yes. I'm not messing around, and I've just given you ten quick characteristic references of who he is. And if you think for one minute he's your bestie, he's the one you want to run with, you need to wake up. Because I can assure you how this ends. Because he only has one intent for you. John 10, 10. The thief is coming but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's you. That's what he wants for you, for your children, for your grandchildren. That is all he wants for you. Okay. All right. Now, what has he done and what is he doing? Number one, what has he done? Uh, goodness, we just got 15 minutes Genesis 3, chapter number 1. Number 1, he tempted man in the garden. All right, I've already gone through a bunch of that, right? You, you got that. You've read that. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go through it again. I've got it, but I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to go past this. But listen to me. The fall of mankind involved Satan directly. Do you understand what I'm saying? What has he done? Right? What, has he done? what is the impact of Satan upon the world as we know it? The history of mankind, how has Satan influenced the history of mankind? Well, from the very first day. Amen. Or whatever day that was when she ate the fruit and Adam did as well. Right? He was there. Yeah. And he was the subtle tempter. Telling the lie and tempting Eve. God had to create the, the devil made her do that. Did the devil make her do it? No. no. Does the devil make you do it? No. no. The Bible said that every man is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed of his own who's his own lust. Can the devil make you do anything? Did he make Eve? No. He just made it so enticing and beautiful that not even he, not even that, could resist. That's scary. I'm glad I got something more than Adam and Eve. I got something they didn't have. He was in the garden. Because he was in the garden reading, they got cast out of the garden. Lest they partake of the tree of life and live forever. At nine years old, I got to hold that tree. I've been living forever ever since. See, I got something they didn't have. And the only way I'm going to escape the tempter snare today is because I have Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about intellectually, theologically. I'm not talking about a religion that somebody can cram down my throat or brainwash me with. I'm talking about having been born again, set free of every one of my sins, washed in the blood of the Lamb, name written in His book, and promised of the glory to come. That kind of thing. He abides within me, and the devil's a fear of Him. Amen. Amen. I ain't even got to the stuff the Lord gave me besides Himself. We kind of formidable ourselves when we get suited up, might I say. 
tempted man in the garden. Man fell in the garden. And God cursed man in the garden because the devil was involved. I'm just telling you what he's been involved in. And, and you know good as well. It, it, it'd take 10 years to tell you everything he's done. And we don't even know all he's done. But you'd open up to the history books of the atrocities and tragedies of mankind and you could say, that's him. That's him. How come? Because the thief has come but for to steal, kill, and destroy. We know what he does. And therefore, we can see his tracks. Right? I mean, he, you can follow him anywhere because he leaves tracks everywhere. Death and destruction. Mayhem and chaos. That's right. Amen. That's what he does. All right, fallen man, he's an accuser of the saints. The Bible says in Job chapter number 1, verse number 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, When comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Amen. Just more of what he's doing. He was doing it then. Now, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Okay, Job was written before Genesis. That's right. It's in a different. It's a different account, but it was written before. And here we find that the devil was at work. And then we get over to the New Testament, and he says, "Be vigilant and be sober, because your adversary, the devil." Who has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour? Well, it sounds like he's doing what he was doing back then. He ain't changed. Not changed his MO. He's still trying to accuse the saints and destroy them. He tried to get Job and couldn't. Zechariah chapter number three, he resisted the saints and he shooed me, Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. The Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Not this a brand plucked out by fire. Satan is an accuser. We know that he has fought. We don't know how much, but we know many times in the Scripture that he has fought against God's angels. You remember time in the book of Daniel when he set into fasting and praying and seeking God and then it was 21 days before he got an answer and finally when the answer came, he said, I got held up. Mm-hmm. What happened? He said, we were fighting the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget, was it Persia? I forget the country they were fighting. He said, but the prince of Persia. That was the devil. And he said, we had to get some reinforcements. He said, but I come as soon as I could. That's your enemy right there, you see. He was fighting so hard that one of the most blessed men on earth at that time, Daniel, had to wait 21 days to get his answer. Amen. Now, you say, does it still take 21 days to get an answer? No, I done told you it different now. Huh? Amen. He lives in me. Yeah. 
Amen. Ain't that calling? I try. Amen. 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 He bites. No, he ain't got to travel nowhere to get to me no more. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He did that. But you see, you see the battle. The devil's in the middle of it. Doing everything he can to destroy everything that God has created and take it to hell with him. That's right. That's your enemy. He even tempted the Lord. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was afterward and hungry. And when the tempter came to him, there he is again, the tempter. He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now was he the Son of God? Yes. And the question was, is if you're the Son of God, then do this. That's a challenge, you see. That's a challenge. That's the kind of thing you say, well, you know, if I correct you, I'll do it, because I am. <laughs> Jesus said, uh-uh. Jesus said, it is written. What do you use on word. Oh, there's the first clue of the weapon we say. <laughs> yeah. Not only does he abide, but he give me a weapon. Yeah. Satan said, if you're the son of God, then make these bread these stones be made bread. I know you can do it. I know you're starving to death. If you're the son of God, he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the Bible said that he tempted him twice more. Now again, note how he was tempted. I'll just say this in passing. But the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those were the three temptations that Christ was given in the wilderness. And in all three cases, he used a sword Amen. to shut up the enemy's lives. Yep. Amen. He knew what some of you don't know. And that's the word. You don't have it in your heart. You don't have it in your memory. Why, unless the preacher was there, you don't even know where to find it. Unless you had a quick concordance or maybe that cool Bible app on your phone. You don't even know where it's at. You know how silly it must look to the devil when he walks up on one of the Christians today and says, boo. And they go to working for a sword and they ain't got one. And they go to searching their minds for some kind of blade, some kind of steel, some kind of weapon. Ain't nothing comes for it. The plague of our generation is an absence of the Word of God instilled in their heart Amen. as memory. Do you know when I was in Sunday school, they made me memorize? Mm-hmm. 
them heartless Christian women <laughs> cracking that whip, putting deadlines on me, making me repeat in front of all them other little girls in the class <laughs> that Bible verse. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. For every verse they made me learn. And yet we got parents today say, oh, it's too hard on my children. I tell you who's going to be hard on your children. You better hear me. There's one going to be hard on your children. And if you ain't hard on your children right now and fill them up with as much of the Word of God as you can instill in their little minds as soon as they're able to receive it, as soon as they're able to receive it, you'll regret it. Amen. You'll regret it. Amen. Because there is one thing the devil can't handle. And that's truth. Because he's a liar. And the father of it. And every time I whip this out, pull one of them old verses that are stuck in there as a lamp under my feet and a light under my path, he goes to run. Because he cannot, cannot, Ever overcome truth. Amen. Shame on us. Shame on us. We've, we've got every episode of Will of Fortune memorized. But we can't quote one scripture to a neighbor. That's you. We don't want you knowing that. He wants you to watch that good show coming on Netflix. Whatever they come on these days. He wants you to run down and play rook with the neighbor. Amen. He don't want you looking in here. No, because if you ever get proficient with this weapon, he probably won't fool with you. It'd be awesome not to have a devil to mess around with me. Well, I found out that I'm, I'm, I'm enough problem. I, I don't need the devil to get in trouble. I, I'm, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm bad enough as I is. He just makes it worse. But I'll tell you right now, and, and you know what I'm talking about. If you know the Word of God, you've used this before. You've, you've used this before. I have. When them old stinking lies come and they start bombarding your heart and your mind and they turn your life upside down and you go to you go to calling on help and the Holy Ghost of God starts pulling one of them out of your archive yes, sir. and he comes rolling out as a as a weapon, a sword on fire. And the next thing you know the skies are blue again and the birds went to sing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You better teach him the word of God. He tempted the Lord Jesus. I, eight thirty. We'll stop right there. I think we'll get through. We'll press on either way. We thank you for being here tonight. Pray for the service tomorrow night. And, uh,
Listen, whatever God wants us to know, I want Him to teach us. Amen. Uh, and if we're a teachable spirit, I found in Psalms 119, the psalmist around 35, verse 35, he just got real serious with God. And he said, make me to know. That's right. Do you know if you ever tell God to make you do something, he probably could. <laughs> David said, make me to know that right? I, I, He said, I didn't ask you to teach me. I didn't ask you to learn me. He said, now I'm telling you to make me. Just make me to know. I'll tell you right now, we need to know what this will rescue you, people. This truth will rescue you. It'll set you free. It'll set your children free. This truth. He said, I've come to give life to them. Give it more than Amen. All right. Lord willing, we'll come back tomorrow night. Pray for the service. Pray for the little hearts that are here all this week. Uh, we've, we've prayed earnestly for them and over them that uh, God will just help us. Because uh, we're extremely sensitive about presenting the gospel to such little hearts. But we're praying that God will be the difference. Yes. And He'll protect the ones whose time it ain't. And for the ones whose it is, he'll just open that heart wide open. Yeah. That they might come to him. We really want to see God set them free if it's their time. So we're trusting him to do that. So help us pray for that. Would you bow with us as we dismiss? Father, thank you for the word, the challenge in it. I find compelling. God, it's enlightening every time that we know. We see our enemy exposed before us and we see his beauty and his subtlety and how good he is at lying and deceit. God, we fear so many are ensnared by the wiles of the devil, the strongholds that they're in. God, you're the only one that can break them out of it. God, I pray that through your truth and God, through the saints and through the Holy Spirit's work, that you'll just bring them from it, bring them forth. You're our deliverer, you're the victor, Father, over every every evil and bounding thing. So we're trusting you in this. I thank you for every person that's here and I pray that the challenge, God, has gone to every heart and that it'll not be resisted but received with joy and acceptance and, Lord, in obedience that we might follow you and that we would grow stronger and be better servants and more obedient raising our children, our grandchildren, our loved ones. And God, that the Word would just have its way with us. We praise you and thank you for this, this good people. And Lord, we're trusting in all of this. You're glorified and honored. For we ask it believing in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming. Praise the Lord.